What is up, everyone? Welcome to JMR. We have a special episode today. We have Johnny returning. And then we have a special guest. I'm excited to announce the OG, the guy who was doing podcasts back at Montclair State University. Before <laughs> podcast, I didn't even know what podcasts were yet, to be honest with you guys. But this guy was breaking the barrier and doing them. Frank, Frank, welcome in. How are you doing today? It is an honor. I'm humbled to be here. I'm ready to sound off about New York sports. And I feel like uh, this podcast has deserved a different perspective. There's just been too much Mets and Jets, and I'm ready to right the ship if I can. There's been way more regrets, Frank, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like that. <laughs> and to give everybody perspective, this is, I, I like to highlight the first time something happens in JMR history. <clears throat> this is the first time we have a. It's an interesting breed, but it's called a Yankees and a Giants fan. Uh, and that's right. typically for all you people who aren't New York sports fans. That's typically how it works, right? You have a Yankees and Giants fan and you have Jets and Mets fans. Right. So just generally speaking, usually a happier fan than the, the people that are hosting and being on this podcast normally. Hence why, I mean, yeah, today you guys normally don't think <laughs> Yeah, I've had some. <laughs> I got some here too, man. In, in the last couple of weeks, so uh, and we are not sponsored by Miller, but it is Miller time right now. I just wanted to let everybody know that. It's so, like it always is. Uh, but guys, I want to get right into it. Uh, I want to start with some news today before we get into some Jets, Mets, Yankees, and Giants talk uh, all together and how it relates. But huge news for the New York Jets today: signing Nathaniel Hackett former offensive coordinator of the Bills, Jaguars, and the Packers, uh, and most formally, the one-and-done coach of the Denver Broncos, who had a year to forget. Uh, but fellas, we'd we'll love to hear your opinion. Want to throw out some numbers real quick. So obviously, speculation is crazy right now on, hey, Hackett is coming to New York, and Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett. They have a great relationship. Some said even better than LaFleur and Rodgers. Uh, and, and wanted to throw some numbers out real quick. So I kind of had Hackett and, and looking at what he's done uh, in terms of like offensive ranking. With Green Bay as offensive coordinator, he always had his offense ranked within the top 10. And then he had a year in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles where he was ranked top five in offense as well. So definitely has an interesting resume. Uh, you know, a failure last year as a head coach. Some great years. Was it because of Rodgers? Was it not because of Rodgers? And then another great year because of Bortles. And yeah, I mean, it's it's running wild right now. So wanted to see your guys' opinion, John. Obviously, how you're feeling right now with it. And then Frank, maybe an outside football fan from the Jets looking in. Sure. Yeah. So I was actually pretty excited to see that the the Jets were able to pick up Nathaniel Hackett. Um, I actually intimately have a. a past relationship with uh, him as the uh, the offensive coordinator his his father was the offensive coordinator for the Jets under the uh, under the Herm administration so uh, hmm. when my family had season tickets I heard I heard a lot of ying and yang or booing and what have you about the offense uh, back in those days you know we've come a I don't know how far we've come since then, um, but yeah, getting getting Nathaniel Hackett, I know that uh, you might be able to say a lot of his success was was directly because of Aaron Rodgers. Um, but you know, you have to give him that credit. Blake Bortles would still be in the league if he were really that good of a quarterback, and the Jaguars, like you said, were able to have uh, a top to rank offense in that year. So I'm just really hoping that this is more so just a stepping stone, uh, kind of like you know seeing uh, you know. 
into the future that hopefully the Jets do actually get Aaron Rodgers because, I mean, as I've said many times uh, on this podcast, I'm just I'm done with the fact that this organization can't figure out who to get uh, behind center. Uh, they keep blowing all of their draft picks uh, on guys who suck. So I want somebody who's established, whether that be somebody that we get in free agency or whether that be somebody that we sell the farm to, uh, you know, in Aaron Rodgers. I would love to have him on the team. Uh, Again, that's kind of all speculation at this point. I haven't really I have no reason other than the fact that they used to be together in Green Bay to think that Rodgers would come. Um, I mean, I do know that Rodgers doesn't like it in Green Bay, and he definitely wants to go to a team that is a Super Bowl contending team. And to tell you the truth, uh, in my humble opinion, as a Jets fan, I really do think that with the young receiving core and how the defense has uh, proven themselves, improved from last season to this season, that, uh, you know, just figuring out who is behind center um, and also getting back the injuries that we had in Brees Hall and in Elijah Vera Tucker and Mekhi Becton, uh, adding all of those different pieces with Rodgers slipped in there and Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett calling the plays, I don't think there's any reason to believe why the Jets can't be a, a playoff team or a deep playoff run team. Uh, so that's kind of how I uh, evaluate the situation at this point. Really hope it's just kind of the stepping stone to Rodgers. Fred, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like I need to level set before I dive into Hackett. As, as a Giants fan who, who gets to hear the Jets fans talk a lot growing up and now. One, I do like to root for the Jets. They're not in the same you know conference as the Giants, so they're not really a threat to me. Every three or four years, we play each other in the regular season. It's very fun to, of course, root against them then. But I don't, I don't hate on the Jets, so I just want that to be clear. That said, it's hilarious to watch the Jets lose and be bad. So, so I, it, it, there's comes this time where it's like I root for them, and then all of a sudden I like seeing how bad they can get. Uh, I'll be honest, and I will hype up the Jets now and say, as a Giants fan, if I had the receiving core that the Jets have, not that it's prolific, but it's promising. If I had Brees Hall, and I know Saquon's great, but Brees Hall, another promising young back. And the offensive line that the Jets have, which I don't know too much about, I'm sure they're better than the Giants, or at least, you know, I haven't heard that they're terrible. Yeah. They, they, maybe they are just a quarterback away from uh, a deeper playoff run, because I think they basically were like a halfway decent quarterback away from guaranteeing themselves in the playoffs this year. So you think with a guy like Rodgers, I think the playoffs is a guarantee or should be you, you, you would, you would have to expect they would go much further. And I also believe that maybe it is time for the jets to stop throwing a dart at the draft dartboard, trying to find their next quarterback, because God knows in the last couple of years, they've had great picks and they've blown it just about every single time. Um, But the question is about Hackett. So I'll finally answer that part. Here's what I think about Hackett. Just based off of his Wikipedia page, which is where where my research begins and ends, let, let me read you the quarterback that this amazing offensive coordinator, uh, the quarterbacks that this amazing offensive coordinator has apparently worked with. Bruce Grodkowski, Chris Sims, Jeff Garcia, Brian Brom. Uh, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. Uh, EJ Manuel, Thad Lewis, and Jeff Toole. Now, how many of those names have you heard for the first time ever? And then, yeah, he's worked with Blake Bortles for a bit. 
and then Aaron Rodgers for it seems like a, a hot second. So sure, he's been around some good quarterbacks, but I do get a little bit of an inkling here as a Giants fan looking in at the, the Jets who just always seem to shoot themselves in the foot. Like, why did they have to hire this guy so quickly into the offseason? Was he really the best possible offensive coordinator out there? Or was he really running from a terrible situation that he got himself into in Denver and he was just trying to find himself a job as quickly as possible? Yeah, and I think the thing is, too, when we think about the Jets this year, and something you probably don't know as much about, Frank, is you know you have Joe Douglas going into his, his fourth or fifth year and, and Salah going into his third year without any playoff appearances, let alone playoff wins or going far into the playoffs. So it's kind of do or die for these guys. And, yeah, to John's point, continue to draft guys who do not work out, right? Maybe you could say, hey, maybe Donald started to look good in Carolina. Maybe he's the answer. Right. Maybe he's not. The verdict's still out. Same thing with Gino. I typically love to see guys do it for more than one year in a row. But I think these guys need to go all out. And I think, essentially, it does, at the end of the year, it doesn't matter if the Jets – they don't make the playoffs, those guys are fired, right? Hackett will be fired, too. A, coach, a newer coaching regime will come in. They'll hire their own guys. So I think this is an all-out approach to get Rodgers. And it'll be interesting, right? At the end of the day, yeah, it doesn't matter who this guy is. If you get Aaron Rodgers because of him – that's what you're doing here. Uh, but it's interesting, too. Rodgers last year threw 12 interceptions. Uh, most of his career was 13 back in 08. Uh, so very interesting to see the guy's 39. Did he regress? Or did he just have an off year without Devontae Adams? A lot of new receivers he was learning from. Uh, so it's going to be really, really interesting before, for sure. But I think for Jet fans, it's like we do not give a crap. We want this guy on our team, even if it's for a year or two, like, just make the playoffs, maybe go on a Super Bowl run. Like, that's all it's about as a Jet fan. We don't care if we mortgage the future for the next four years. Yeah. means making the Super Bowl or getting an appearance or, God forbid, winning the, the goddamn thing. So, uh, But I have a question. Do, do you think that Rodgers is caring about the offensive coordinator that much? Or at this point, is he just going to look for the greatest, you know, final package of his career and if the Jets are going to mortgage their future, they're going to mortgage their future, and Rodgers would have came without Hackett. Yeah. Like, how, how excited are you for actually getting Hackett yeah. if Rodgers yeah. doesn't come? I don't think that's the point. I think it's like a Not nice at all. Sunday, you know? Like, when you have an ice cream Sunday, right? <laughs> yeah, you have, thank like, you, John. You put cream on it, and then you put some chocolate syrup, and then you have the cherry. If Hackett doesn't get Rodgers. And you're like, okay, like, this is really good. And then you're just adding other things to it. And you're like, well, that's just – that's even better, right? So I think with the Jets, it's like you have – you have the defense, you have the offensive weapons in Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, and now it's like you got this guy who he likes and he's familiar with, and he has a great relationship, and whether it's Rodgers or not, Rodgers likes the guy for whatever reason. We do not know why he likes the guy, whether he actually helps him, whether he's cool, he lets him do whatever he wants, I don't know. But Rodgers says he likes Hackett. Right. I love it. I love the way Jets fans just spin everything to just make it seem positive. It's amazing. Well, I'll give, you, I'll give you a spin. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he was actually just on the Pat McAfee show a few days ago talking about the Jets. <laughs> of course he was. Um, talking <laughs> he about it there. How, how much he, <laughs> he admires Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, uh, the things that he thinks that those guys can do right. um, on the field. And again, like I said, you add another dynamic back like Brees Hall, 
whether it's just establishing the run or in the passing game, I think he can do both. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers does see the Jets as an attractive team. That he will come if he does come, he'll be on a team that has a top tier defense. You know, top ten in the league, maybe even top five. Again, I'm not entirely yeah. sure about the the final season, uh, the end of the season there. But again, I mean, to your point, yeah, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, you know, what does Hackett mean to us? He's probably just going to be another schlub who doesn't know how to coach the quarterback that we don't have, right? So um, I think that. Thank you. I think that though. However, even if even if we don't get uh, Aaron Rodgers, hopefully they still do get somebody else that is established and he can work with them. Uh, you know, kind of to the to the Blake Bortles ish area where you know they're actually able to to get a guy who who can move the ball down the field. I mean, that's really all. Like you said it before, uh, if the Jets even just had a a half decent quarterback this year, they probably would have gone a lot further than they did. Yeah. Uh, so again, like Rogers, Derek Carr. I mean, I think he probably would have gotten there. Yeah, I think that we would take Carr too. I think at the end of the day, he's a he's a veteran, and this team has a top five defense. They have the weapons. They're they're not far off if they could continue to progress from from last year. I and mean, they progressed a lot last year from the previous year. Uh, so yeah, we would take Carr. We we just need somebody. We just need somebody. Uh, but I want to segue in talking a lot about Carr and Rodgers and throwing all these quarterback names out. I want to segue into the Giants real quick. Uh, we we talked a lot about Zach Wilson and. Our frustrations. We had that live reaction after the Seattle game. Jaguars uh, game. Jaguars game. My bad. Uh, and I want to get into Daniel Jones for a second, Frank. Uh, I, I think Daniel yep. Jones. So, kind of looking up his stats all year, seeing like, hey, how's he doing? And and he had by far one of his best years. He seemed like he really cut down on the turnovers. It seemed like interceptions yep. really down for him, which was huge. And I'm not gonna lie, when I watched him in that first playoff game against the Vikings, I was like, dang, this guy is almost like Josh Allen yep. 2.0. Like. The yeah, way he really. played his game with the option and running the ball and that big physicality. Uh, and then he had – the Philly's a good team, right? Not to discredit anything from the Giants and how they did this year. Philly is a great team. But he had that dud. And I'm just thinking as, like, a Jet fan perspective on, like, you win that one playoff game and you're like, this is the guy. And then I could just see, like, if we were Jet fans and Daniel Jones was on the team and everything that happened to the Giants this year it happened exactly to the Jets – we would start to be second-guessing it, which would be pretty funny because you'd be like, this guy had an amazing regular season. He won you a playoff game. He just had one bad game. Uh, but as a Jet fan, I definitely could see the talk being split up on, like, is he the guy? He just got destroyed by Philly. Bob, right. where do you feel overall with, with Jones? Yeah. So I'll be honest. I, I, I want the record to state that I was not a Daniel Jones fan or supporter his first few years. I was just like – this guy isn't it, you know, but up until this year, I would say within the last two years of his, you know, four year career, the last two years, um, again, not counting this year, I thought he's good enough for us to not do what the Jets are doing. And that means, yes, the Giants are coming in last place or bottom five and they're, they're having good draft picks, but we do not need to continue to search for a quarterback and continue to waste the precious top 10, top 13, whatever we have at the time, we, we, we are not wasting those picks. And because of it, especially in this past off season, we're able to get two of the top picks in the draft and get Thibodeau and get some offensive line help. And again, just knowing Daniel Jones is good enough. He's still on his rookie contract. Let's see what he's doing. And then all of a sudden this year happens. 
and I have the stats in front of me. He started his career with 12 interceptions and probably 1,200 fumbles. I mean, he the, the ball was like butter in his hands or something, or a bar of soap. It just couldn't stay in his hands. Especially and now he's – yeah, I mean, he was just bad. And then now he's at five interceptions, which I think is fine if you're a quarterback and you're playing 17 games now. Um so he's gotten way better. And then all of a sudden there's that big game against the Vikings where you're like, who even is this guy? I mean, that I didn't even think he was capable of. But I think the Giants now have a coach. They have a decent offensive coordinator who knows how to play the or run the option. I love when they run the option with Saquon, who you have to respect, and Daniel Jones. We know that the Giants have probably the 31st, 32nd worst wide receiving core in the entire league. So he did... Daniel Jones did what he did this year with that as his receiving options. So in my opinion, the Giants are going to sign this guy to a bigger deal in the offseason. I think the biggest question that Daniel Jones is asking himself is, did I just show myself and show potentially the NFL that I'm worth more than what I originally uh, was worth and, you know, been uh, evaluated at? And should I sign a decent sized deal with the Giants right now, but maybe bet against myself and, and make that deal instead of four or five years, two or three years, and try and get a bigger deal, um, knowing that the Giants are going to try and help me and build around me with more receivers and better offensive line and what have you. So again, I think J- uh, Daniel Jones is going to get signed. He's earned it. He's he's a guy I think can bring us to another tier, but uh the verdict is still out on if he can get to another uh, another tier beyond that. Um, and I wonder if he's going to bet on himself when this like contract is uh, talked about this offseason. I think it's interesting, too. So as – and John can maybe say, no, not me, but I was pretty excited drafting Wilson, and it seemed like a lot of Giant fans weren't excited drafting Daniel Jones. Like, who is this guy? Uh, so it's almost like opposite mentality. And now the tides have turned where it's like, hey, Giants fans love Jones and Jets fans absolutely despise Zach right. Wilson. And you know, he, he is probably the biggest bust in Europe Jets history. So without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, who is the quarterback? Hackenberg? I'm, I'm stepping over my skis now. I don't know all the Jets. Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, when yeah, was he drafted? Taking him the second round. Second round. Okay, so not as high of a value. Yeah, but for how bad he was, second round was way yeah. too high for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I want to segue in. I want to play a little bit of a game real quick, and it's going to be called Would You Rather? I'm going to name some Giants and Jet players, and I want you guys to basically dish it out on, on which player you would rather have on, on your team. Okay. Uh, so we're going to start off probably with a tougher one. Love to see you guys input on this. Would you rather have Quinnian Williams or Dexter Lawrence? And if you guys need me to throw out some stats, I can too. Uh, Hit me with the stats of of, uh, Quinnian. I don't know a a lot about him. Hit me with both stats, just so, you know, we got an idea. I'll do like three or four of the most important ones, I think, for the position. Quinnian this year had 12 sacks uh, on the season. Dexter Lawrence had seven and a half. Total tackles, Dexter Lawrence had 68. Quinnen had 55. They each had uh, 28 quarterback hits. And then Quinnen had 12 tackles for loss. Dexter Lawrence had seven tackles for loss. And they're both nose guards? They're both nose guards. To get a little bit uh, more competitive on it, Quinnen did win Associated Press All-Pro team, uh, first team, All-Pro. And Dexter Lawrence was second team, All-Pro. 
Yeah, I mean, I love Dexter Lawrence. I love his personality. They have him mic'd up and stuff. Um, and he just seems awesome. And I was just telling my family when we were watching the Giants game the other day, he's becoming one of my favorite players. So loyalty makes me want to choose him. But those stats about Quentin seem pretty damn good. So I, I don't know if I could argue against the 12 sacks. I mean, that's awesome. Johnny, uh, who, who would yeah. you rather have? Couldn't agree more with Frank. He said it all. Uh, the, I think the stats that you laid out there were pretty similar, except for the sacks and the um, tackles for loss. So, you know, just based on that alone, getting getting that penetration to the quarterback, getting be able to, and you know, the the running backs in the backfield, that's huge for for putting uh, putting offenses stuck in the mud on their drives. Uh, really being able to let the the cornerbacks, the secondary, uh, you know, have that right. better chance of breaking up those plays on second and long and third and long and ultimately winning that field uh, possession, field uh, position game uh, that the Jets are so good at playing and why they've won uh, the amount of games. So I think that Quinn, you take Quinn and Williams off of the Jets and they're a completely different team. Um, I guess so thanks, well, you have to pick Quinn. I think we might be scaring some of the some of the watchers that a Jet and a, a Giant fan are getting along so well right now. So yeah, really. <laughs> I, hope, I hope we're not weirding anybody out, but we'll move on. Well, well you skipped past Zach Wilson. I was ready to just go off on him. But number two, a healthy Saquon Barkley or a healthy Brees Hall. Uh, John, you want to start us off? Yeah, uh, I'd take Saquon Barkley 10 times out of 10 over Brees Hall if he's healthy. Hell yeah. I mean, in his rookie year, uh, he was by head and, you know, he was absolutely the best player on the team uh, for the Giants. He was their entire offense. I think he scored probably every touchdown except maybe, you know, five for the entire offense that year. Um, And really, it's just been, it's just been the, it's just been the injuries that have really been the only reason why he hasn't been able to excel when he is healthy. You can see how electric he is uh, breaking for those runs. I mean, he's so fast. And I know Brees Hall's fast too. Uh, but again, like, what have we seen from Brees Hall? We've seen five games um, or whatever week it was that he got hurt. So, yeah, absolutely, he's electric. I'm so excited for him to be on the team. I think that he has the potential to become uh, a playmaker like Saquon Barkley. But at the moment in time, you have to take Saquon. Yeah, I mean, if Saquon is healthy is a huge thing here. Saquon made me, like, see things I've never seen before. And I know we grew up with plenty of great running backs in our lifetime. But I honestly just think I I wasn't paying attention. Because Saquon, I felt like I was seeing something brand new. It was just amazing to watch him juke people. But then he would put them on their heels because they knew he was going to juke them. And then when they went on their heels, he would just fucking truck them. Sorry for not allowed to curse, but he would just oh, he would just kill to. them. You were allowed to, yeah. And he he knows how to play, and I'll say he did know how to play that really well in his first two seasons, where he would truck you, so you would want to go in for the hit because he was a beast. And then when he saw you commit to the hit, he would juke you out because he knew you overcommitted to his size. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, so. Uh, Jason, uh, <laughs> Jason, fuck you. Um, but yeah, he, he's so good. That said, Brees Hall, what a spectacular pick for the Jets. He seems to like glide across the field when he runs. So that that's awesome. Like I'm excited to watch him grow into a player. And Saquon was hurt, and I think he kind of lost that like juke versus hit 
uh, style of running last year, but this year he seemed to kind of find it again and he's not afraid to lower his shoulder. He kind of does this like sideways shoulder hit thing too, but it's so powerful. It's so scary. And I, I love Saquon. So <laughs> I don't even know if I answered your question, but that's what yeah, I'm Saquon saying. it is. Saquon it is. Uh, we're going to finish off with two more. So real quick, would you rather have Joe Judge and Ben McAdoo coaching your team or Zach Wilson quarterbacking your team? Frank, start us off. Impossible. Um, um, I'm maybe a cop out answer. If, if I'm, if I have all the right pieces and Zach Wilson is my quarterback, he's so bad that he might be able to get me a good draft pick still. And if there's a good quarterback in the, in the draft, that might be the only thing we need, you know, get, get a guy. I'm blanking right now, but like, you know, a NFL ready quarterback out of college. And all of a sudden my team's great. Yeah. Right. Trevor or Joe Burrow. McAdoo and Joe judge seem like an organizational cancer that you might never be able to, to remove yourself from and might be a five year problem even after they leave. So I'm feeling like Wilson, even though he's terrible. Tom. I think you take Ben McAdoo every day of the week. Ben McAdoo was a fantastic head coach. And Joe Judge? And Joe Judge? Yeah, sure, whatever. As long as Ben McAdoo <laughs> was there, I think that Ben McAdoo made all the right decisions when he was the coach for the Giants. Um, he was the guy who benched uh, a dying Eli Manning who couldn't even, you know, get his ass onto the field outside of the tackle wow. box. Wow. Uh, you know, so yeah, um, for, and who'd he bench him for Uh playoff starting quarterback, Geno Smith this year. So, I mean, you know, he saw, he saw that the giants needed some new changing to happen and he was just the scapegoat. That's why they got rid of him. He's a great offensive mind. He was, he was, uh, I think that he was a great coach for the giants and he just got scapegoated. Someone needs to check on, check on John. Anything on that Frank, before we move on? Someone should check on John, make sure someone visits his apartment or house and just make sure he's in good health because it sounds fine, like Frank, something's, fine. something's going wrong over there. You know, man, uh, he was at the end of his career. He had to sit. He had to sit. It's what it is. Sorry. So, so we'll agree to disagree. Uh, but lastly, we want to finish off with the quarterbacks of the team. Uh, Daniel Jones or future New York Jack quarterback Aaron Rodgers? Who would you guys rather have? <laughs> John, go first. Uh, I mean, so Aaron Rod, how you, how are we doing this though, Jason? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's only got a couple of years left, and Daniel Jones is still a young guy, so that would definitely change my opinion uh, if I we're mean, really dealing with just you know them for next season, and that's it. We're who's going to who's going to win their team a Super Bowl sooner? Oh, Aaron Rodgers, obviously. I mean, if he goes to the Jets, they're going to win a Super Bowl. That's that's just there's no question about it. Uh, the AFC is easy compared to compared to Rodgers being on the Jets. Chiefs out of here. Bengals out of here. Bills out of here. Dolphins, Ravens wow. out of here. Jets. I think it's happened. Jets, Jets could beat them all. You kidding me? With Aaron Rodgers on wow. the team, listen. Aaron Rodgers not on the team. This team probably doesn't have a prayer. But you put Aaron Rodgers on the team. Absolutely. Although I will say, if you put Daniel Jones on the Jets, they might even win a Super Bowl. So that's just again. I know Frank said it in the beginning of Thank the episode. You. I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. 
Um, you know, if you just had a kind of like a half decent quarterback playing for the Jets, they'd go so far. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think he's a great quarterback. You know, there's no denying that. And I think that he could also uh, get the Jets to to a Super Bowl eventually if he were on the team. He is a free agent this year. Um, so maybe the Jets. I'm just kidding. He's they're obviously not going <laughs> to take him over the Giants. But play the uh, same stadium. Yeah, you know, we'll 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 see. But uh, hopefully, if Aaron Rodgers is on the team. Uh, I'd take that over Daniel Jones. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to me, though, it depends on the situation your team is in. If I'm the Jets and I feel like I have a great defense and all the right offensive weapons, but I'm missing the quarterback, then maybe it's time to go for Rodgers. He probably has a year, maybe two left in him. Go for it. From the Giants, if Aaron Rodgers came to the Giants right now and he fit in perfectly with the coach and all the players loved him, he still has a pretty me- less than mediocre wide receiving core. I don't know if even Aaron Rodgers in his prime could have brought the Giants much further than Daniel Jones did. And I don't think Daniel Jones is as good as Aaron Rodgers was in his prime. I just think there was a ceiling on the Giants this year. So in my opinion, the Giants are in a good spot with Daniel Jones. Let's let him grow. Let's let him get better. and Let's take some more years to build. But if I were you with the Jets, like you're saying, I think Aaron Rodgers is a clear better choice. Awesome. So there you have, yeah, I mean, and, and two really good, obviously a, a future Hall of Famer and an ascending quarterback. So really can't right. go wrong with probably either or. Uh, but and which one was the future Hall of Famer? Was it Jones? Jones is the future Hall of Famer. Right. Aaron Rodgers is the ascending quarterback. Tech, right. State Farm, right. you know, all, all those bad Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I wanted to switch gears real quick and real quick go into some Mets and Yankees talk. Uh, I really wanted to get a Yankees fan perspective, Frank. Uh, and it's really funny to see the other dynamic. And a lot of times when you talk to Giants and, and Yankee fans, they don't have any ill will towards the Jets or the Mets, right? But it, it's the Jets yeah. and the Mets fans who are typically jealous of, <laughs> yeah. of Giants. The little brother. The little They're brother. The little brother. Yeah. And you guys have York won more sport. championships. You're more successful, at least in our lifetime. I mean, in a lot of other people's lifetimes, too. But uh, like Frank, you have been able to see some Yankees World Series, right? You have been able yep. to see a couple Super Bowls for the Giants, while we haven't seen any wins, right? Just a, a couple appearances by the Mets, uh, yep. a 2000 appearance where they lost to the Yankees too. But obviously, dynamic is very interesting right now, where you have the Mets who are almost like the old Yankees when we think about Steinbrenner and always doing the flashy move and signing tons of players to tons of money and getting the guys, you know, future Hall of Famers like a Randy Johnson, right, on the team. We're getting an A-Rod, right? Seeing that a lot now with the Mets with Scherzer or Verlander. Uh, but Frank wanted to kind of see what your opinion is. Obviously, the Yankees had a great offseason, right? You bring back Aaron Judge, arguably one of the best players in Major League Baseball, especially last year. You, you get a guy like Rodone to get a nice one-two punch with him and Garrett Cole. Uh, but you still have when you when you look at the papers when you hear the news like the Mets are still kind of dominating the the headline and and to be fair it's just a headline right it isn't the actual World Series or right. winning the division or making it to the, the deep into the playoffs whatever it might be uh, but Frank what are your thoughts on on kind of the Yankees being a little bit overshadowed right now at least in terms of the Mets spending and, and getting all these players. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cute that the Met fans are loving the spotlight. I'm really happy for you guys. Um, you know, live it up. Uh, the one question I have for Mets fans is, you know, how do you live your, with yourself just trying to buy your success, right? I mean, it's just kind of unfair. Um, the Yankees have never done that. Um, but, no, in all seriousness, I 
I want the Mets and the Yankees to be dominant in sports. I cannot believe we even – I can't believe a Subway Series even ever happened, let alone happened in our lifetime. And if another one happens again, the amount of merch that I will buy is just – I'll go bankrupt. I mean, it's just going to be the best just time to be in New York and have the Mets and Yankees be good. So I really am rooting for them. And same thing with the Jets. They're in the different league. They're not really a threat to the Yankees. And yeah, a couple times a season, we have a little Subway series in the regular season, and it's awesome. And it's actually um, meaningful now. You know, I think there were some times where we'd play and it's like, you know, it, the Mets are not going to be good. Uh, it just felt like that for so many years. So I'm, I'm excited about the Mets, honestly. Um, that said, the Yankees have all these great offseason signings. I'm glad we have Judge back, even though, you know, it's a long deal and he's, not, he's a little bit on the older side. But honestly, man, I'm pretty down in the dumps about the Yankees. I just feel like we have all the pieces. What is there left to do? Maybe we need to sign even more guys. It just seems honestly like the Astros are just this looming dark cloud that are just going to come up in the last, you know, uh, series of the year. And I just, I just hate them all. I hate the Astros. I hate Altuve. And maybe... I, I feel like other New Yorkers are feeling this. I feel like I hate the Astros more than I hate the Red Sox. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But I just, that's how much I hate them, like right now. Wow. It feels weird to say. And I, I, Astros I more than Boston. the Red Sox. Yeah. Right now, what, what has Boston done in the last few years to really scare us? And the Astros have just done everything. They've cheated, got away with it, rubbed it in our face, admitted to it, and then just proceeded to win and beat us again. It's the worst possible scenario. And, and yeah, so yeah, I, I hate them. I think it's an interesting opinion. So I agree sometimes when you have teams that haven't been relevant. And I, you know, Boston's been on and off for the last five years. It seems like they'll have. They won the World Series in 18. Don't say like yeah, it hasn't been. They so haven't long. been irrelevant. <laughs> But it seems like sometimes it happens where, like, the Nationals right now, John, I'm sure we could agree. Like, I, I don't hate the Washington Nationals right now as much as I hated the Washington Nationals five years ago. So, you know, when they had Bryce and Trey Turner and Scherzer and all these guys, right, and they were competing and winning every year. First, like, now the Braves are there and the Phillies are there. And, and, yeah, to the point, like, we hate the Braves right now, but if the Braves finish in last place for the next 10 years – and the Mets always lost to the Dodgers or the Cardinals in the playoffs. Like I could see how I would have that opinion, uh, comparing it to like an example with the Mets or the Jets. So, John, nothing to add. Listen, uh, in terms of, <laughs> are you serious right now? <laughs> listen, I, I I think that uh, I think that the the Mets have been really bad for a really long time that almost everybody in their division has kind of been their top rival, uh, except for maybe the Marlins, because they've been even worse than the Mets have. Uh, so it, it's – I hate the Phillies more than anybody on this planet. Uh, I just – the city of Philadelphia, wow. they're just all, you know, whatever. Um, it is what it is. Uh, I was so sick to my stomach when they made the World Series. Uh, I Even though most Mets fans were rooting for the Braves uh, again – or sorry, rooting for the Phillies against the Braves in the LDS, uh, I was like, absolutely not will I root for the Phillies. <laughs> um, let the Braves win. I don't care. Like, yeah. 
This is ridiculous. Um, I'm glad that their their defense and their bullpen ended up, you know, losing them the World Series. So I'm glad that they got their hearts broken there. So, uh, but you know, in terms of uh, where the Mets are in terms and against the Yankees, you know, like I know you said before, it's it's fun when both the Mets and the Yankees are both good, and you know, I I definitely feel that. Uh, last June. I know that the Mets were really, really hot, and it was so annoying that the Yankees, they won, like, 17 straight games. I'm like, no matter what the Mets do, no matter how many games above 500 they are, the Yankees just always seem to to hover over them. And then, you know, obviously they they basically ended with the same record, uh, 101 wins versus 99 wins, you know, only two games uh, just um, between the two teams. Uh, and you could say, you know... They, and they were both in amazing divisions, right? Um, so uh, it's just at working at working in New York. I know you do too. You kind of get that feel, like on the subway, people on the streets. Like you see more Mets hats, you see more Yankees hats, you see more people talking about baseball. And in a time when uh, I feel like the NBA and the NFL have really just skyrocketed in terms yeah. of marketability and popularity, it's nice to see people really focus on baseball. And I think that when the Mets and Yankees are both good that really uh, just enriches the sport. Well said. And I knew he had something to say. I, I thought you guys were frozen, actually, for like 10 seconds. I was <laughs> to you were frozen or if I should say something, but uh, I look like you guys just did a really good job of staying still and being quiet. So sorry for the confusion there. Yeah, if you see me being still, you know something's definitely wrong. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, I want to finish off with the regrets portion of JMR. So I will start first. Uh, and... And I think a lot of my regrets lately have been just kind of going on record and making an outlandish comment about what I think is going to happen. So why not stick with that theme and, and go with it again? So I'm going to go on the record. And so this is one of those, it might not be a regret right now, but it could be a future regret. But you know what? I'm ready for it. I can handle the pressure. Wow. Handle, uh, whatever comes afterwards, if there's some negative backlash. But I'm going to go on record and say that Aaron Rodgers, 100% guaranteed, is the New York Jets starting quarterback next year. And then I'll take it a step further. I think at, at the minimum, the Jets will make the AFC championship game. Wow. At the minimum with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you got a top five defense. you got Brees Hall. you got Garrett Wilson. You have tight ends, Elijah Moore. What, what's he waiting for? Just just come to New York. Joe Namath, so you, Joe Namath literally said he's going to unretire number 12. They got Hackett, his boy. This is a Broadway play, a Broadway movie, whatever they're called nowadays. Just make it happen. Just make it happen. Oh, I love it. I, I, I'm so glad we're ending the podcast on Jets fan illusions or disillusions, whatever you want to call it. Uh, oh, yeah. John, go ahead. I mean, again, like this, the big news in in the world right now of the Jets. So uh, my regret is going to be what I said at the beginning of the episode and that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is coming to the to the Jets. And, you know, I, I mean, this team, they just constantly talking with you, you know, uh, you know, an outsider who's not, you know, me and Jason are obviously like in our own little, our own little yes. bubble, our own little you all chamber. And it's nice. It's nice to hear you call us out on our BS. So uh, I know You're, that. That, you know, everything that. that I said in the beginning of the episode is probably going to be a huge regret. Um, you know, me making fun of the, you know, the litany of all the great teams in the AFC, you know, the Chiefs and, and the Bengals and the Bills and all of them. So, yeah, that's my that's regret. It's just, it's just always drinking this goddamn Kool-Aid, you know, that they keep sipping to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess my regret is 
I think I'll go past. I feel like you guys are predicting your regrets, unless that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But my regret is not enjoying the Giants' success this year after the win against the Vikings. I felt like I was like eyes on the Eagles, was convinced somehow they would win. They're not close to the Eagles. The Eagles are amazing. I hate saying that, and I hate them. But the Giants did great. And I feel like, honestly, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I would be, I mean, they're, they're in their own world too. So I don't know what they're thinking, to be honest, but I'm, I'm, I'm in a, I think we're in a better position. The Giants are in a better position than the Cowboys. Imagine you're the Cowboys and you go deep in the playoffs two years in a row. And the first year you lose because you couldn't get a snap off in 13 seconds. And the next year you lose after taking like 20 minutes to call up a, a lateral play and after 20 minutes and timeouts and all this scheming, you throw the ball, your center, who's a running back, gets decked, and your star receiver gets absolutely obliterated and then doesn't even have the wherewithal to try and throw the ball in the air and keep the play alive. He just holds it to, I don't know, selfish play. What was that guy thinking? And now you're the Cowboys. And what are you? What do you need if you're the Cowboys? You, you, you're supposed to have everything. They need a quarterback. They suck. Dak sucks. I'm sorry. I'm like – <laughs> if, if I'm if I'm a Cowboys fan, again, I, I can't actually even put myself in their shoes because they are on a different planet. It's all of those Texas teams. It's the Cowboys, Dallas fans. It's the Houston Astros. There's something going wrong down there. <laughs> it might be in the water. <laughs> <Dang> it. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, John and Frank, thanks for joining us this week. Please leave your opinions and comments below, uh, everyone listening. Let us know what you think about the who would you rather have in terms of players, right? Let us know if you think Rodgers will be on the Jets next year, if Daniel Jones' long-term contract will end up being the answer, and if he will be the long-term solution for the Giants. So please comment and let us know what you think. Uh, until next time, we will see you all later. Thank you for listening to JMR this week. Have a good night. <laughs>